Um, some of them did. <laughs> uh, good evening once again. Thank you all for coming. Let's give um, the praise and worship team another round of applause. And uh, we do have a special birthday tonight. Um, it is our sister Josie's birthday. So let's give her a round of applause. And Aiden's birthday on the 24th. All right, Aiden. And then my wife celebrating her 28th birthday on the 26th. <laughs> All right, children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. And Sunday school teachers, thank you very much for your sacrifice and your service that you constantly give to these, these children, the next church. Um, so please excuse me if I sound tired. Um, I did just come back from Mexico. We drove in around 2.30 this morning. Um, it's not that I'm complaining. It's just, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> um, I entitled our message tonight, More Than Words. Some of you who grew up in the Philippines, you already know it's probably playing in your mind now, or those of you who sing karaoke, um, which is all Filipinos, right? Um, but this is in Matthew 26, 20 to 30. Let me begin reading that. Uh, please turn your Bibles to Matthew 26, 20 to 30, as we continue in our series, which is the Road, road to the Cross. Um, so if you, are, if you have your Bible apps, I don't, I don't have the verse here for you, so if you'd like to listen, um, I'm going to start reading now. Oh yeah, make sure your cell phones are turned off, by the way. Uh, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the songs that you've given to us. We thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for this church body, this church building, Lord God, that you provided for us. And now, Father, we, uh, we thank you for the songs that prepared our hearts, Lord God. Father, we recognize that nothing that we have is, everything that we have is from you. And that there is nothing that we can do, Lord God, uh, to please you without your, you allowing it will never happen, Lord God. So now we ask, Lord, that this message of yours be delivered by me. But Lord, may they hear your voice in their hearts and in their minds. May they hear your Holy Spirit. Guide us and teach us, Lord God. Protect us, Lord, from any harm or danger as we worship you tonight. And Father, I pray for humility, willingness, and obedience, Father, in our hearts and our minds as we hear everything that you have to tell us tonight. Guide us and be pleased, be pleased with us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So, I'm going through allergies as well. Uh, okay. Uh, more Than Words. This is the song by the band Extreme in the 1990s. In the 90s. It was very popular, especially where I grew up in, in, in Baguio. Uh, uh, the melody and the message of the song is truly catchy. And even after many years, if something sticks with you, right, if it impresses, it makes an impression on you, right, you, you just memorize it, correct? 
You don't need the lyrics. And I think when I'm singing it and the lyrics are, it's usually the lyrics that are wrong, not me, when I'm singing the karaoke. But um, it's, it's the, the, the title of the message and the title of the song gives away for, for the keen and the smart person, it's basically saying that actions are louder than words, correct? Right, so, so some of the lyrics, is, it says this, uh, saying I love you is not the words I want to hear from you. It's not what I want. It's not that I, it's not that I want you not to say, but if you only knew how easy it would be to show me how you feel. So there's somehow uh, a miss on the actions of the partner. And some people would say that this is every couple's uh, love song or theme song. I hope not. But in regards to our relationship with the Lord, with Jesus, most of the time when I hear people pray, they end it with, with these lines. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Right? They start with thank you, which is good. And then they want to end it, I love you, Lord. So when we say we love him, do we recognize, and I think we are all, if we can all be honest, we know that when we say it, we need to act it. But then in, in our life as Christians, is it really more than words when we say we love God? So we have two points tonight, because I'm, I'm trying to uh, maybe make sense tonight. <laughs> two points, two hours, one hour each point. <laughs> I know we have guests, um, I'm just kidding, it's an hour and a half, really. <laughs> the first point is um, God knows. God knows. God knows everything. Amen? God knows everything. And, and here in these verses here, from verses 20 to 25, as we read it earlier, is God already knew. God already knew what was going to happen to him. He was just relaying it to his disciples. He was telling him what was going to happen, right? Reminding them over and over again, this is what's going to happen, and one of you will betray me. Everybody, this is the right thing to say. I would be saying it too. Surely not I, Lord, right? That would be like the knee-jerk reaction, correct? But before this, if you have read it, for those of you who, who love reading the Word, you know that before this, Judas already struck a deal. He already struck a deal with the Pharisees, right? He already did. 30 pieces of silver. And did you know the background of 30 pieces of silver is the cheapest way to buy someone out? It is the cheapest form. It is uh, what you pay a slave. If a slave accidentally kills another person's slave, it's 30 pieces of silver. It's to pay them off. So it's the lowest of the low. So it's somehow of an insult in, 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 in many cases too. Now the background is that Jesus and the disciples were observing the Passover and remember the Passover, that was the time when the angel of death passed over the, 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 house, the, the houses in, in Egypt. And, but it passed over the houses of the Israelites that had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, door right? So it, every year they were told to celebrate that, and that's what they were celebrating here. But because of this celebration where Jesus, is, he changed it. From the Passover, it became the Lord's Supper which is us as, as, us as a church, we try to observe the Lord's Supper to remind ourselves of what it took Jesus, right, for us to be saved from our sins. So I was thinking that maybe we should do that after the, the message, but I know we have a, uh, something to do, so we're just going to pass it. But hopefully, as, as, as we learn more about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, when we approach, when the Lord's Supper uh, when we observe it, hopefully our hearts and our minds are, are truly focused on what it really means and what it really represents. It's not a religious exercise, folks. It's a reminder for us. Amen? Just like when we celebrate our birthdays. It's a reminder that we have been born and we are grateful to God that we are, you know, that we have life, right? 
And hopefully it's our loved ones who threw the party for us in order for us to really feel love, not us throwing it for ourselves and then nobody shows up, right? No, but it's to remind us, correct? Every time we observe something, it's special. It's, it must be approached with love, correct? And, and so that's, that's the biblical background of what was going on there. Um, and then here's the... Uh, the Greek word of the week is paradiome. I probably butchered that. But who, who knows? Who cares, right? <laughs> That's the Greek word of betrayal. Betrayal. So if you would read it in the dictionary, betrayal is, is, is a, a breaking of trust. But if you read in the Greek language, it's, it's the yielding up. It's the transmitting, it's bringing forth, it's committing, it's putting in prison, and it's recommending, it's to surrender. So what Jesus was saying is, one of you will surrender me. One of you will bring me to prison, right? One of you will commit me to prison. But at the same time, it is a betrayal. Because if you see there, interest. The, so there's the break of... You, you t for, for us to be betrayed by someone, that someone must be some, somebody that we have trusted. Correct? We have confided our deepest secrets to or with. And the betrayal comes when they break the trust. Right? Um, here's an illustration of the Judas goat. Do you guys know what a Judas goat is? Uh, no, it's not the one we cook for pinapaitan. It's, but <laughs> the Judas goat is, the idea of spiritual goats in a church has always been uh, intriguing, an intriguing piece for everybody. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Uh, many opinions have been given to the question that has never been asked, what a Judas goat is. In every congregation, there was always the Judas goat. Few believers need to read the resume of Judas Iscariot, the personally chosen apostle of Christ, who willfully chose to betray the Savior. Judas entered the flock as a sheep, but the agenda in his heart exposed him as a goat. The Judas goat was the name of an actual goat specially trained to work at a slaughterhouse. The process works as follows. In the case of sheep, the goat is trained to associate and become familiar with the sheep in the field, eating with them, lying down with them, and generally gaining their trust. After many months, the season arrives for leading the sheep into the slaughterhouse. As the stockyards open, the sheep in an innocent manner, will follow the Judas goat into spe uh, specifically marked pens or into the back of trucks, and in some instances, into the slaughterhouses itself. The outcome for the goat differs from the sheep because the goat leads an entire flock into the slaughter, and then a special gate is prepared and opened for only the goat, enabling the goat to escape the final gate that leads the others to their deaths. The goat will escape the slaughter, returning to the field where he will begin the deceptive process with the new flock of sheep. That's what a Judas goat is. Now, unfortunately, as much as we would like not to talk about it or to deny it or to admit it, there is a lot of, there, there are instances that there are Judases in the church. Correct? Truly, not I, Pastor. <laughs> I'm not saying you are. <laughs> but, you know, God knows who does not pay, right? <laughs> no, but, but unfortunately, even in Jesus' time, you would think that God is the person that will pick the right people, correct? Did he actually make a mistake with Judas? No. No, he didn't. God doesn't make a mistake. God never makes a mistake. It might seem a mistake to us, but that was by design. 
Now, did Judas have an escape to be otherwise? Many times. Because that, that, as we read there, he said, one of you will betray me. Right? And then he said, he lied again to, to, in the face of God, saying, surely not I, Rabbi. Now, sometimes when, when God already has revealed to us a sin that we keep doing and that we keep going back to, and God keeps telling us, this is the sin that you have been given up for me. And we lie to God by saying, surely not I, Rabbi. I've given this up, right, Lord? I love you, Lord. I mean, you know that I'm just, my schedule is just too busy. But I would really want to serve you. Surely not I. We, we have all those rationalized answers to God when He rebukes us and speaks to us in a message that we hear in a devotional that we read, or in our daily reading in our Bible, because God speaks to us, correct? I mean, if, if we want to be walking with Him, He will be speaking with us. And if we are not walking with Him, He is so kind, He is so, so generous, so gracious, that He will reach out to us. The God of the universe that created all things reaches out to us constantly, day in and day out. Wanting our attention. But then we're not, we're not, we're not. We're not completely honest. We're so good in knowing the right answers. Correct? Knowing the right answers. Look at, the, read Matthew 15, 8 to 9. These people honor me with their lips. This is Jesus speaking. But their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Jesus quoting Isaiah 29, 13. This is written down in Matthew 5, 8, 9. And again in John 12, 46, 4 to 6. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was, a worth, it was worth a year's wages. Now, John wrote here, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So folks, again, when we say, Pastor, God knows, yes, He does, right? Yes, He does. When, when, when the message speaks to us, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us about us not obeying Him in our tithing, and then we respond by saying, God knows, He does. He really does. When there is a sin, a relationship that we're not giving up. And then we, we, we were spoken to and, and the council says, you need to give this up. And then you say, God knows. He does. He really does. When there is that, that one thing that's really impeding your growth, but you just cannot let it go. And then you say, Lord, you know. The answer is, he does. The question is, do you? Do we know? And then after we know, do we accept it? Or do we rationalize it and say, Lord, it's 2022. Gay marriages are accepted. It's okay for me to have this lifestyle. Lord, it's 2022. Insurance for married couple is big it's so expensive i'd rather we'd rather be just living in together because it's more practical god knows i have family to help in the philippines 15 boxes to send every month i cannot afford another this god knows he does he sure does our all-knowing god knows our hearts the real meaning behind every word that we say or we didn't say, every action that we took and every inaction that we chose, we've chosen not to take. God knows the reason, the motivation behind them. Our heart's intent behind every action, words, inaction, and, and our silence. When we know something is going on and it, it, our brother or sister are, is, is sinning and we choose to be silent and we say, well, God knows I don't want to break my relationship with him or her. I don't want to be judgy. <laughs> Let pastor be judgy. <laughs> Not me. 
even our silence, that's a sin of omission. God knows it. Do you know? Every time that we have an opportunity to share the gospel, and we choose not to. Every time that we have an opportunity to live our life for Jesus, and we choose not to. God knows. God knows everything behind those, 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 the reason behind everything and anything. Forgive me, I, I made it too big for you tonight. <laughs> Jesus arrested Luke 24 to, uh, 20 to 47, uh, chapter 20, verse 47. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Matthew 27, 3-9, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that is your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. This is why you just don't want to do anything by opening your Bible and say, whatever I open to, this is what I'm going to do. Because you might turn to Matthew 27, 5. You might just say, oh, okay, that's the solution to my problem. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, it is against the law to put this into the treasury since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial burial place for foreigners that is why it's been called the field of blood to this day then what was spoken by jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled they took the 30 pieces of silver the price set on him by the people of israel and they used them to buy the potter's field as the lord commanded me judas knew what to say judas knew what the right things are but Judas' heart wasn't correct. Judas knew how to present himself as he is holy. He is part of the 12. He was part of he, uh, healing, healing crusades. He was part of many Bible studies. He's part of a mission. Uh, he was part of many pot bless. Even the Last Supper, he was there. Right? He's, he knows where to be, who to be with, to be around with. He knows theology. He knows the doctrine. Because he's been with Jesus for three years. But his heart never changed. His heart never changed. Now, Christians, does this challenge your discernment? What do you mean, Pastor? Shouldn't we be discerning? Now, not because a person looks, sounds, and says the right things. It just automatically means that he belongs to Jesus. Now, Pastor, you're telling me to be judgy. I hate that word, but I'll keep using it. You're telling me to be... No, I'm telling you to be discerning. The Holy Spirit is within us. And the Holy Spirit gives us the spirit of discernment. We are to be wise. And wisdom is knowledge applied. And then the other thing, though, is we need to be looking at ourselves in the mirror. Now that's where it becomes difficult. Because when we see somebody and we start discerning like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Is this? I don't know. I think. I think. And then you look in the mirror like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. How can I make that, that judgment here? No, you're making a discernment. A judgment is when you say you're better than that person. Then you're making a judgment. But if you're making a discernment and saying, yeah, he's saying he's a Christian. Or she's saying she's a Christian. But his life is not matching. Now, there could be a carnal nature. Right? There could just be he's a new Christian or she's a new Christian. There's still a carnal, very big car carnality in them. There's no growth yet. That could possibly be it. But when they're teachers, when they're pastors... And there is error in the theology of what you have learned or what you know, then you have to make that discernment and say, think that's wrong. Because the Holy Spirit tells us that, correct? And our study, see, you will not be confident with this if there is no study. You will never be confident with it if you don't read your word and you don't study it and you don't challenge it. 
you will always cower to challenges like that. So there's not going to be growth. And you're not going to be protecting each other. See, it, it goes to, this is applied when, when some, a brother or sister is sinning. And you know they're sinning. And God has given you the opportunity, the privilege to know about it. Now, the spirit of discernment tells you that you are the one to rebuke the brother or sister in love. To win them. That's your responsibility. Is it just my responsibility? It seems like it. <laughs> it's okay. If, you, if, if it's brought to my attention, it's okay. It's my duty as the pastor to bring it up. And it, once it's brought up, then I will address it. But it's also your responsibility as a brother and a sister in Christ to, to have that one-on-one -on -one with, with whatever has been revealed to you. I don't know. Should I just break with the bonk uh, story here? No, but there's... When people say they love Jesus... Unfortunately, us Christians, we're so quick to say, well, he loves Jesus or she loves Jesus, so they must be, right? They're wearing the T-shirt. They have the name tag. They have the plate number, so they must be. Discernment is needed, Christians. Making a decision, even, even in, in, in practical, especially in practical life. You're going to vote for a candidate that says they're a Christian, right? Or they're saying this, and there's no discernment when you make those decisions. There's no discernment. There's no leading by the Holy Spirit. You make decisions. You make partner. You partner up with businesses or affiliate, you affiliate yourself with, with friends. But there's no discernment on your part. There's no wisdom applied. The, because, because the Bible tells us to do not yoke with unbelievers. That's, not, that's just not for, for intimate relationships. That's just, just, it goes for business relationships. It goes for things that we, we end up doing together. If you're really going to be in-depth with it, there is a spirit of discernment that you need to, to, to apply to yourself. When laws from the world is being told against us, against the Bible, against what's being taught in the Bible, you must discern it. Not because the governor said stop going to church. You will stop going to church. Because the Bible says come worship the Lord. Do not stop from gathering together. What is your ultimate authority? Is it the government or is it the Bible? There must be discernment. When you, when you, when you recognize, you should be able to recognize that somebody in power in your life is leading you to be to stray away from the teachings of God. There should be that discernment. You should be able to identify it and make the call. Because Judas was presenting himself, presented himself as one of the disciples. Because he was. He was one of the chosen ones, correct? But he was the one, we all know it, right? He was the one that betrayed Jesus. Despite the fact that he was trained by Jesus, walked with Jesus, he still betrayed him. Now second, actions are louder. More than words, is, which means that actions are louder than, than words, right? If you read here, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when they given thanks, broke it and gave it to them. Um, the background is, this is a special moment. Again, I, I said it earlier, it was a Passover meal that have become the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, the communion. Jesus tells the disciples once again how he is the way for salvation, that it will take his body and the shedding of his blood for the world to be saved from the consequences of our sins. Now, sometimes if we've been walking with, if we've been a Christian for quite some time, we think it's our perspiration that keeps us with the Lord. We think that it's our efforts that keep us with the Lord. But honestly, it is what, and correctly, it has nothing to do with what we say and what we do. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with our efforts or lack of effort. 
But it has everything to do with what Jesus has done. It's because of his body being broken and it's because of his blood being shed. That's why we have been called righteous in right standing with Jesus. Now, why is that important for us to go back to that all the time? Why? Because sometimes we think we're the holy ones. And that's when we become Pharisees. We start making Christianity as a religion when we start thinking it's what we do that keeps us safe. And the danger with that is other than pride, that you think you're better than everybody else and everybody else is not meeting your standard, is that you're going, once you fall, once you fall, it'll be hard for you to get up because everybody will fall and you will have a hard time. The right qualifier for us being a Christian, for us being in right standing with God, is what Christ has done on the cross. The series is Road to the Cross. Maybe the importance of the cross and what Christ has done there has just been too repetitive for us, that we've taken it for granted because we always hear it and we, we've known it for many years. But imagine Jesus about to die, right? And what did he do? He had dinner with them. He had dinner with his close, with his loved ones. He took time. Jesus is so patient. With us, we repeatedly fall. We, we, we deny him with our lives or in our lifestyle. But God constantly seeks us to have an intimate time with him. And it reminds us, look, I know you've fallen, but I've paid for you. I've paid for you. You are a new creation. Live your life as a new creation. See, sometimes because we've fallen so much, we think we're, we're not worthy of Christ because we thought we were worthy when we were walking. We, look, you were never worthy. We are never worthy. We are the unworthy. We are all unworthy servants of Christ. Amen? We are never worthy of all His blessings. But He makes a determination and He says, I'll make you worthy. In Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. In verse 6, 6-7, uh, Dustin read this earlier. He says here, You see... At just the right time, why, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. And then comes the verse, verse 8. In his last few hours, he still spent time with his disciples, knowing what was going to come to him, a very painful way to die, now, folks, I don't know, I don't know if this is, the, if I'm hoping that this series will remind us on how painful the death of Christ on the cross was. No one has ever died the way Christ has died. No one has suffered the way Christ has suffered. No one. But He did it out of love for you and me. That's the only motivation. That's the only motivation, guys, out of His love for us. There's nothing to gain from Him. It's because He loved us. Now, can we honestly say, when, can we honestly appreciate that and say, wow, praise God for His love, and still stay the same way? Can you say, I appreciate that love for God. I've, I will never experience that from anybody else. And I will continue to live my sinful ways. I'll continue to, 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 to disqualify myself in my heart to share the gospel and I'll continue to live my life in a sinful way. I'll continue to stay in the casinos and be a bad testimony there with my co-workers and my friends. I'll continue to, to do what I'm doing with my unbelieving friends and, and just go to church on Sunday and then live their lives and then hopefully I'll pray for them with the prayer service when I make it, pray for their salvation and hopefully another Christian will save them. 
uh, share the gospel to them because I'm not worthy. The love of God is, should be the motivator for us, motivation for us to obey Him. But it has to be more than words. It has to be more than words. I, I, I get it. We, we say it. You know, we say it. Maybe it's a second, second nature that we say, Lord, thank you. I love you. Especially when we're being blessed. Oh, Lord, you're so good. I love you, Lord. But he has to go out of that and become, be out of words and become actions. Because Jesus said, Jesus said it himself in John 14, 15 to 17. This is the good word translation. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. What are his commandments? Do you know? I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see or know him. You know him because he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. Now God's love, if we say we love God, we need to obey God. Amen? One thing, one command that will never change, guys, is going to church, worshiping him. Right? About, among many other things of, of, of what, what we know. Going to church... Why? Because He is good, amen? And we want to praise Him and thank Him for all the blessings that we've, we have experienced, that we have gotten from Him and received from Him, amen? Amen. Yes, you can praise God, you can worship Him, you can thank Him on your own time. But the Bible says that we have to congregate, we have to do a corporate worship to thank Him, to praise Him and worship Him. And you're going to tell me, well, God knows. <laughs> he does. He knows. He knows that I had to go to Sacramento last Sunday to fly out last Sunday. But I was on Facebook because I was watching my brother-in-law Dustin deliver the message, which is amazing. Praise God for technology. Praise God for that. Um, there are, you know, certain things happen where you cannot be here. Yes. But you and I know that there are many times that we just chose not to be here. Although we could have been here. And if it's this people, if it's the church body that irritates you, that's not motivating you to go to church, and it's removing and re your love for the Lord is, is dying, go to a different church. Go to a different church because at the end of the day, it's your growth and your relationship with God that, that matters more than this church growing. What's the point of you staying in this church if you're not going to get plugged in and not going to grow with people? And they're just going to be irritated with me. <laughs> oh my gosh, here he is again. <laughs> well, yeah, he's the pastor. <laughs> now, um, I think I have time, John. John. Um, can we first show the island? Now, um, now, last Thursday, my family and I were in an excursion in the island of Cozumel in Mexico. This is the island of Cozumel. That is me. No, no this is just an internet shot. Um, I don't have a drone. Um, but we, we did many things. And the scariest thing but rewarding for me uh, that day was when we went snorkeling in the ocean. John, John, please show uh, my action shot. My, my, no, 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 not surfing. <laughs> snorkeling, snorkeling, snorkeling. Uh, with me and the kids, please. If you have it. Um, anyway, I went there. Uh, if, for, for those of you who are, well, if you don't know, I don't know how to swim. But praise God for uh, life jackets. <laughs> and praise God that uh, I'd rather uh, risk my life than lose money. <laughs> Because you already paid for it, you know. You're like, So, you know, I'm scared of heights. We went ziplining, but that's in a different area. But here, we went snorkeling here. 
And um, I went with Alonzo and Gianna, and we have this guide. His name is Maui. It's actually, Ma it's actually Mauricio, <laughs> but he goes by Maui. And you know what caught me about this guy is the first minute he spoke to us, because we're in a group, he goes, Hi, guys, I'm working again today, but for me, this is not work. I love what I do. I love what I do, and it doesn't feel like work. So I was like, okay, it feels real, but the whole day, this person was more excited than anybody else. And to think that he does this every single day, he's like, yeah, this is the island of Cozumel, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, Anna Lu keeps telling me, I think she's on drugs. But, <laughs> but he's just so motivated, so happy of what he's doing. And I'm like, wow. Because he knows the beauty of his island, right? And he wants to share it. <laughs> yeah, see? Background's the water. That's me. That's Zoe. <laughs> I know there's been confusion these days on who, which, which one is which. The taller one is Zoe. The younger one, too. Uh, but, man, so Maui, in our small group, so he's, so he's Hispanic. Okay, so the culture of his Hispanics is very similar to Filipinos, which means we see women and we think we're, they, they need our help all the time, okay? So Maui with his, with his uh, uh, Janja, can you show the, the raft or the red thing? It's the lifeguard thing. So he offered that, because we were going to go from the shore, yeah, that one, from the shore to the deep part. And he only offered it to Gianna and another girl. He goes, so you, you, young lady, do you want, do you need help? Do you need this? No, Gianna goes, no, I don't need that. Goes to the next girl. And I was hoping he would ask me, because by the way he was talking, like, yeah, we're going to see the buoy over there? We're going to go over there. And I was like, that's deep, bro. <laughs> and then he didn't offer it. He didn't offer it. I was like, this is it. I'm going to die. And then he was saying, yeah, sometimes we see sharks here, because Alonso had to ask, like, hey, are there sharks there, here? And he goes, yeah, sometimes we see sharks so I'm like, this is it, dude. I'm, it'll be a good death. <laughs> like an expensive one, but it's good, you know? Oh, well. Um, so we went, but I had a great idea. I, had, I, I decided to swim really close near Maui. <laughs> so just in case I need his help, I'll just grab on the thing without holding it, you know? And then the other thing was, it was good to be right next to the guide because he knew where to go. The fish were there. Show a picture of the fish. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know the picture of that. We saw that kind of fish, a lot of those, and the yellow and stripes, the tiger sharks. And then this one, the next one, that one. That's a, it's not a stingray. Zo, what is it? Eagle ray. An eagle ray. So again, Maui, the guy that always does this every day, he jumps out of the water. I saw it. He points it, and I saw it. I start pushing this way because I was like, oh, man, it's a shark. <laughs> and he gets up. He goes, an eagle ray. It's an eagle ray. Like, and then he starts getting his camera like he's never seen it. You know, he's like so excited. So everybody starts going down and bubbles all around me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, water in the pipe, you know. But it was good. The, the closer I was with the guide, the trip, the, the snorkeling was more rewarding. Do you know that that's what Jesus said in that verse? The Holy Spirit is in every believer. And He is our guide. The closer we are, and yet He indwells in us. The closer we walk with the Holy Spirit, the more enjoyable our life as Christians will be. Because He knows where to go. He knows where to point you to. If there's a struggle in your life, He knows what verse to quote for you, what verses to whisper to you. When there's a challenge in your life that you just not, it's not making sense, you go right next to the, just hold close to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be the one to tell you, there's Jesus. There's Jesus, like Maui jumping out the water. Eagle Ray, Eagle Ray. He kept saying it. He picked up everything. There was this one cucumber. Have you guys seen a sea cucumber? 
man, I really thought it was something else. And then he picked it up. I'm like, oh, yuck. And he goes, see, cucumber. And he drops it. I'm like, all right, I'm not touching that. But there's so many things. As the more I enjoyed snorkeling and, and the, the travel, the excursions, the, the nature, the creation of God, the sunrise and the sunset, I kept thinking of how good God is and how powerful He is. You know, guys, sometimes we have forgotten that. We have forgotten about His creative power. We have forgotten about His love for us, not just in our bank accounts, because most of us Americans, we only think God loves us when our bank account is fat. We're like, God is good. $50,000 in the bank. God is good. And then we went to twenty-five. Oh no. Stop tithing. <laughs> Stop going to church. So I, I have an excuse not to tithe. Wala <laughs> ako Right? It's, it's, the Holy Spirit is our guide, Christians. The Holy Spirit is the one there. Now, He's better than a guide, than a tour guide, because a tour guide is just showing me where to go, pointing me there. But the Holy Spirit is actually the one who's also going to empower us. As He points us to Jesus, He also empowers us. As He tells us and reminds us that this too shall pass, this struggle that you're having, this too shall pass, and then he points us to Jesus, and then he gives us the strength. Now, God's love for us is, God's love for us, John, John, I'm getting distracted with the ego ray. Can we go back to the last? Yeah, there you go. Now, our love for the Lord must be more than words. That's what Jesus said there. If you love me, obey my commandments. Now, His commandments is one of them, actually, in all of His commandments, is to live for Him, correct? And living for Him as Christians is denying ourselves, correct? Denying ourselves of one more day in Mexico because you have to preach. You have to deny yourself. Denying ourselves of sleep because you have to preach. Right? Denying ourselves. How many of us have denied ourselves of rest because we have to go to work the next day? All of us, I think. How many of us have denied ourselves of, of, of doing something that's really, really denying ourselves of eating because we know we could get sick because of that? But do we do it for Jesus? God's love for us was not mere words. For God so loved the world that He gave. And Him giving meant Him dying in the most horrible, most horrific way. His love isn't cheap. But somehow, when we accept it and we just don't treat it that way and then we just live our lives just in a sinful way, we're treating it as it's just, eh. And that's just wrong. Yes, we are saved by grace. But God's love cost him, his love for us cost him his life. His love for us is, is not just words. It was back with actions. Then and now. Even the fact that he knew that we will fall in our actions despite the abundance of times that we say we love him. And then we fall. He knows that. But God's love still covers that. God's love is never ending. His love is far more than words, and it's far more than we deserve. Now, it pays to remember that our love for Him isn't the ultimate qualifier, but it is His love for us. Amen? It is not based on our efforts or our perspiration, but it's in Christ's work on the cross. Amen? The breaking of his body, it's easy to read. But without the mental picture, we take it for granted. So my prayer is that we will all take time to at least have ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the intensity. Reveal to me, give me an idea of the intensity of how brutal that time was. You know why? Because when we know how hard it is for someone, 
to make something, we appreciate it even more, correct? That's why they're more expensive. The, 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 the handmade things, they're more expensive, correct? Things that, that are worth it, they take time and effort, lots of effort. That's how much we mean to the Lord. We mean so much to Him that He gave His life for us. He shed His blood for us. He gave His life for us. Yes, you've heard it many times, but have you really reflected on it with an open heart to say, Lord, I've been living my life for me. I want to live for you. And I know you died for me because you love me. Let me have an idea. Give me an idea how much that love is when you lost your life for me. As we, as we continue in this series, we're going to constantly talk. The next, the next Sunday, we're going to be discussing the, the garden in Gethsemane. Amen? Amen. That's our message for this evening. Thank you very much for your patience. Um, let's close in prayer. As the music, way, uh, music team make their way up here. Um, as I close in prayer, if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you want to accept Christ as your Lord, please come up so we can recognize you. If you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Or if you want to become a part of this church because you've been visiting us for quite some time and the Lord has impressed it in your heart, please come up so we can recognize you. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight. We thank you for the reminder again, Lord God, of what it cost you for us to be with you. We pray, Father, for wisdom and discernment, Lord God, as we continue to live this life, Lord, for you. Give us the boldness, Lord God, to live for you, the willingness, Lord God, to obey you. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have chosen to be silent because we were concerned more of our reputation and our relationship with other people than our, than our relationship with you and to please you, Father. Help us, Lord God, to just deny ourselves, Lord, in order for us to obey you and live for you. I pray, Lord God, for your people here at church, your, F, your church here at FICF. I pray, Father, that our love for you would just become more than words, Lord. That it will be lived out, Father God. That when we express it with our, our words, it's because we have done it again and again and again through our actions Father I pray that our lives will be a great testimony of your love for us we are your unworthy servants Lord God and we will never be worthy of everything that you give us but Father you are truly worthy of our praise so I pray Father that anything that is hindering us to, to praise you to worship you and to live for you Father help us to remove it help us Lord God to stop doing it Help us, Lord God, to please you and worship you wholeheartedly. And I pray that we mean it, Lord God. All these things we ask in your son's mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.